Hey y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do wanna let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. everybody you're listening to the creative pep talk podcast this show is about commercial art it's about you making a good living making great art it's about your creative hero journey you're the hero not me okay let's jump in We did it, episode 100. It's the episode 100 extravaganza. We're gonna have tips from creative professionals, friends of mine, real practitioners. We're gonna have testimonials from you guys, the listeners, some really awesome stories about how Creative Pep Talk has helped you and encouraged you uh, and caused breakthrough for you. We also have some uh, of me answering questions that you sent in asked by my lovely uh, wife, Sophie, so you'll get to meet her. Super excited about that. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site, It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. 
I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. This is Mandy Ford. I wanted to tell you what a great encourager and game changer Creative Pep Talk has been for me for my art career so far. I'm still really early in it, but um, I came across the podcast when I was just getting started and I wasn't sure what to do with my art. I couldn't figure out where to put it and I can't remember what episode it was, but you talked about um, picking yourself and choosing a project that you really want to do that no one's asking you to do and just doing it yourself. And that's what I did. I, I started creating, um, you'll think this is funny. Um, I started creating an adult coloring book and uh, selling it on my own. And it and right after I listed it on my Etsy site, a publisher discovered it through my Instagram. And um, we created one together and it's, you know, it's on Amazon. And um, that was such a big deal. And, and it was exactly what you, what you said would happen. I, I chose a, product, a project. I put it together myself, marketed it myself, and a publisher found it. So that's just been one example of how your um, your podcast has really changed things for me. And every episode, you always meet me right where I am with what I need to hear to keep me going, keep me pepped up, like you like to say. And I'm just so thankful for it and want to encourage you to keep going. And I'm so excited for the success you've had with it so far and can't wait to see where you go with it in the future. Um, congrats on your 100th episode. And um, yeah, thanks so much for what you do. All right, round two. A lot of these questions have been about how do you make art and sooner. <laughs> oh, we stopped recording on the other one because Alice, our littlest one, would not stop talking as soon as we hit record. As soon as I hit record, <laughs> she's coming over here to to talk. Oh, she's such a stinker. Uh, yeah, a lot of you guys asked how do you guys get anything done with kids and family and work-life balance this is the answer the truth is that I get a lot done but my wife (laughs) (laughs) has to sacrifice her sanity Uh, alright so we're here with uh, my wife Sophie say hi Sophie hi alright you want to ask me some of these questions that that listener sent in? Okay. Hayden Arb, who has had the biggest influence in you getting to where you are today? All right. So this is going to sound like a complete cop out because uh, we're having my wife, Sophie, ask me these questions. But honestly, it's got to be Sophie because, you know, even when we first met, you gave me probably the first real brutal feedback that I'd ever had 
<laughs> or you were just really honest about what you thought was working, what you thought wasn't working. And the things that I really liked, I had to figure out how to explain why I thought they were good and, and kind of fight for them. And that made me believe in the right stuff even more. And then I think um, you're involved in all of our business decisions. You're involved in almost every email. You're involved in whether we take on projects, whether we don't ideas for the podcast, book ideas. Yeah. You're the secret member of my team, right? All right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably secondly uh, is my dad, who definitely doesn't understand art or understand my work at all. Yes. But, but he um, is really great at business, and he's been like my, my business uh, mentor and guru pretty much on a weekly basis. Um, but yeah. Okay. Zach Rausch. He has a few questions, so let's do quick fire. Quick fire. I'm terrible at quick fire. Yeah. Favorite children's book? Uh, Frederick by Leo Leone, and I like that one. I just want to say this. I know we're supposed to be doing quick, quick fire, but I just want to say I love that book because it's about... Uh, a mouse that's like the artsy mouse and all the other mice hate him because he doesn't do the manual labor but he ends up saving the day through so his he's poetry he's the penguin yeah that's right and we have a little doggy barking in the background <laughs> do you listen to a certain song or read something to get you in work mode usually if I wake up really early like I do on most days I'll put on Tycho it's the perfect morning ambiance design music Favorite movie? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Hi, this is Dan Dixon, creative director at Vivo. Vivo is a shooting music video platform. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. My tip centers around staying motivated during a long-term project. I start by asking myself a few questions, like... Am I satisfied with how this is turning out? Or how can I make this better? And that usually triggers a good amount of ideas and helps me kind of get out of the slump or helps me stay motivated. If it's getting really tricky to stay positive, I just go into straight up shame mode. Like, what will my designer friends think? Is this cool? Does it look good? Is this lame? This is really great for just getting the pressure off of yourself and letting like an external pressure kind of take over. And along the same lines of that, when it's super, super tough, I just start channeling ghosts of like old bosses and old designers that I'm like really, really respect. And that usually does the trick too. When all those fails, book a vacation, y'all. I'm really serious. Vacations are super motivating and it gives you something to look forward to. So just a quick recap. Number one, ask questions. Am I satisfied? How could this be better? Number two, shame mode. Like, am I bringing the craft of design down? Number three, break up that Ouija board, y'all. Talk to greats of design past like Paul Rand or Joseph Mueller Brockman. Number four, book a vacation. Go into chill mode. Forget about how stressed you were. It's super helpful. I hope my little tricks help you stay motivated when the going gets tough. Don't lose hope, y'all. If you want to learn more about me, just go to daniel-dixon.org. Drop me a line. Let's hang. Peace out, y'all. Later.
Hey Andy, my name is Jonathan Lytle, and your podcast has helped me discover that you can apply creativity to any situation that you're in. I graduated with a fine art degree, and I struggled as a fine artist creatively and financially, and I took a job at a local nursing home to pay the bills. While I was at the nursing home, I couldn't figure out how I was going to expand myself into my creative career. So after listening to your podcast for about a month or so, I discovered that I can apply some value to where I'm at. And now I'm making greeting cards for the elderly. I am starting drawing and doodling therapy sessions for the elderly. All while I'm still working on my freelance design and illustration career on the side. And your podcast has literally changed every everything in my life, creatively and personally. Thank you so much. I hope the other listeners find value in their work. Thank you. Question from Christian Flores. How do you freelance with a wife and kids? How do you balance ambition and work and family time and love? Would you say I do balance it? Yes. Mm. But it's hard. Yeah. And there's a lot of... I mean, for instance, you can hear in the background this turkey making all this noise. Uh, But what, what do you think... Like, um, your, from your perspective, like I would say that a lot of people think that if you have three kids and you work, um, from a home studio, that the problem is that you're not going to get up n- enough done. And that's really not the case at all for, for me. I would say it's almost the opposite is the problem. Would you ag- agree? Yeah. I mean, you just get up before the kids and get a lot done then. And then also... I, be, because I'm separate, they don't really, they rarely bother me. And they, if they do, they bother me way less than a coworker does, I would say. They come down like maybe maybe one of them comes down once in the afternoon for five minutes or something. Yeah. Um, but I think the bigger challenge is the balance of family to, uh, to work. <laughs> my daughter's spilling cereal out all over the place and the dog's eating it <laughs> uh, it's a good work-life balance but yeah. th- don't you think that i mean that's really my challenge is shutting off yeah definitely and like i don't know that you can yeah i don't know i think the hardest is there's not enough hours in the day yeah. So we end up just not really sleeping. Yeah. True. Yeah. I wake up early, you go to bed late, mm-hmm. we're on different shifts. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that we have pretty much no margin at this point, which yeah. is, you know, we're, we're trying to figure it out. Hey there, creative peppers. Peppy pep pals. 
Laura B here, your friend enthusiast, lover of laughs, and illustrator from Goose Laferns. So I'm just dropping in to say thank you to Andy for everything that he's done with the podcast and all of the inspiration, the motivation, and good old kick up the butts he's given us. A hundred episodes of kicking us up the butt. What have we done to deserve this amazingness? Um, So yeah, the thing that I love most about this podcast, aside from the useful lessons and the golden advice, is that it's heartfelt. It's about Andy doing something truly special and selfless for us all. The podcast, I feel like, really represents the values that I see as most important. Kindness, friendship and selflessness. And as creative folks and, you know, human beings in general, yes, I said beans, not beans, uh, we get so much further when we help each other. And this career path we've chosen can be a bit tough at times, bloody tough. So it's important to realise what a positive impact you can have on others and how you can help each other reach your goals together. This isn't a race, it's not a competition, there's enough room for all of us weirdos at the table. We can all like just squidge in there together and hug and have a great time. So I think that one of the most important things to do when finding your way is to take your focus off of yourself and seek out your tribe, for want of a better word. I don't know, your tribe, your gang, whatever. Call it what you want. Go out there and find people you love and trust and respect to go on this journey with you. Not just so they can support you, but so you can support them. Seeing how much you can impact and help someone else's creative career is the most sparkly, amazing thing that you can do. And it won't go unnoticed, because if you rally behind people, they will rally behind you. And you get so much further as a badass team. So that's it. That's what I got in my head for you. Hang out with me on the internet because I love making friends. And you can find me on Twitter at Laurarabe. L-A-U-R-A-R-B-E-E. <laughs> I think I did that right. I don't know. Find me on the internet. Hey, Andy. This is Tom Froze. I just want to say your podcast has been a complete game changer for me in terms of just feeling connected to a bigger community of illustrators and commercial artists. I think you provide a voice for all of us that is encouraging. You raise key issues that are near to our hearts and you you give shape to a lot of things that I think a lot of us have trouble articulating and you always have a positive spin on it. And I I think that's just... um, a huge contribution just to have someone there who's going through the uh, creative uh, process, who, who has clients, who has frustrations, who has joys, but you always bring it back to um, something that empowers us and, and takes the high road. And I think you're doing a great job and uh, I love listening to your podcast every week and I look forward to many, many more. Thanks, man. Daniel Evans, do you have any pivotal moments that you regret but you find crucial to your career? 
Man, it's a really hard question to ask. I think the one thing that has been a massive challenge for us that um, has obviously made a big deal is that I think we maybe tried to move to the States quicker than we were ready for. Yeah. Is that the main one that comes to mind for you? Maybe. I think that you're very future-minded, so any work that's in the past, you kind of have niggles mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Like it's, I yeah, I do think the other side of it is um, the Indie Rock Coloring Book is something that follows me in ways that maybe... Uh, I, I'm pretty cool with it now. Like, I'm not really... I don't really think about it too much, but I do think had I got to do it all over again, I would have done it a lot differently. I think you feel like that about everything, though. True. (laughs) True. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one. Katie Chandler. Who is your all-time favorite Fraggle Rock character? The world must know. Now, I know that you want me to answer one word. But... (laughs) but, I always want you to answer one word. (laughs) But it's... Wembley is my favorite of the main Fraggles. But if we're going to go extended into, like, the auxiliary characters... My number one character is Mudwell, uh, and his episode is about death and rebirth. And there's a there's a lovely poem like song. Don't sing it. <laughs> I, I could perform. I thought I could perform for you. Uh, and then second character is uh, Cantus, which is voiced by Jim Henson. Both of those episodes are worth watching for anybody any age. Okay, Vicky Long. This is a long question, Vicky Long. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll try it. How would you describe the role of commercial artists in cities, cultural ambassadors, activators, influencers? Or on the flip side, how can a city play a role in cultivating the work of commercial artists? Are there any examples of work you've done or heard of where commercial creatives contributed or benefited from city designs or programs in a way that's cool and fair? I think... uh... You know, I feel like everywhere I've lived, I've been really involved with things happening in the city, um, or I've got increasingly more involved. And I think that with the city side, I think that there's a lot to gain by uh, cultivating that creative community, having those people being prominent in the city. And I think one of the things that the city can do is make sure that they're uh, creating resources, you know, places to work, residencies, uh, opportunities that that pay the right amount. Um, I think giving lots of work to the to the creatives that you want to keep, um, like is celebrating your, celebrating them, your yeah. home artists. Yes, because you will lose them. That's the thing is that I think community and geography and and. Going where the work is is a big thing for creatives, and I think if your city doesn't make it a priority, then you will lose the creative, the the best creatives that you have. They'll find a place that is thriving, that does support them, that does you know um, allow them to do their work to the best of their ability. So I think the cities that do it right are the ones that um, try to figure out ways of helping creatives thrive. And you know, even when I lived in Columbus, Indiana, I felt like for a small place like that, there were lots of people that were going out of their way to throw me legitimate opportunities, you know, murals and and 
projects and all kinds of things that, you know, city projects. And uh, I think they would get creative about how to use me. And they were, you know, more than accommodating and uh, in that way. And I think that that was really helpful. And I think on the other side, I think the flip side would be that for creatives, trying to use them for their real value. So if they're, they might make pictures or whatever, but I think trying to get them involved in city projects beyond their own market, beyond their own output, like they're, they're creative people in general. And therefore that kind of uh, mind can work on all kinds of different projects. And so involving them in general city projects, um, just as a mind, I think is uh, a really good way of getting the most from them. Yep. Okay. This is Mike Lawhead. I am a professor at Columbus College of Art and Design and um, a comics maker and illustrator in the children's market. Um, you can find my website at mikelawhead.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-A-U-G-H-E-A-D.com. I, uh, the best advice I ever got that has helped me as an artist is, um, was actually from a therapist. And um, she told me that you know, when we, ha- we have these negative thoughts about ourselves, negative things we think, and that the only way to counteract those is to um, t- tell ourselves positive affirmations, the, the positive instead of this negative. And so, for instance, it could be that you, know, it, you think, oh, my artwork looks bad. I hate the way it looks. It's, I'm a bad artist or something like that. Um, but logically, you know that, that some of the artwork you make is good. You know, so not, not everything's great. And that, um, so the positive affirmation could be, sometimes my artwork is good. Sometimes it's bad, and I'm okay with that. Or I am a good artist. I can make good artwork. Um, and so you, you figure out some of those negative thoughts. You figure out the positive, And you say those positive things to yourself every day. Um, You look into a mirror and say it to yourself or as you're driving or whenever. And as you say it over days and weeks and months every day, it helps you to um, start believing the positive instead of the negative. Um, And that has changed my life. It turned me from someone who was believing negative things about myself and then sabotaging myself because I didn't think I could succeed to um, someone who's able to uh, just finish things and get them done and get them to clients and um, you know teach classes and help students and um, it's just it's changed my life and so that's the advice I would give to everyone else as well. Hi Andy, Mel Chadwick here. I'm a freelance illustrator based in Cornwall in the UK. I've been listening to your podcast now for over a year and I love hearing your stories, illustrations and anecdotes each week about overcoming challenges and having joy in your work. You've personally helped me with my work, especially when periods have been dry or where I haven't had much inspiration. You've been there on hand to encourage and inspire me to keep going. I can't tell you how much this has helped me and kept me going, and I just want to say thank you for that. 
Okay, Wesley Van Eden had a question about where you live and how that affects your work. You know, do you need to live in those hot spots, essentially? Yeah, and I, I think there is a fine balance here because I think uh, going to you know the few top hot spots that are extremely expensive. Uh, where you have to be number one and, and shine in that way can actually work against you. I think it's a case of where um, often being different is better than being best. So rather than having to live in a place like Brooklyn, going to a smaller market and shining in a bigger way and being different by living um, in a place where there aren't people doing exactly what you're doing, you're going to end up with a bunch of different opportunities. Uh, now on the flip side of that, I think it's important to remember that, you know, I subscribe to the idea that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you don't ever spend time with creative professionals, that's going to affect the quality of your work. It's going to affect how your, your positivity, your motivation, uh, you know, you need to be in contact with people that are succeeding in the ways that you want to be succeeding or you're unlikely to actually succeed. Uh, so I think you do need to balance that. Now, one of the ways that we've thought about it is if we live in a smaller market um, that still has peers and people that we can uh, get inspired by, we also can use the, the money that we would spend in a bigger market to travel and do conferences and make connections with other cities and kind of get the best of both worlds. So I, I think the question is, do you have to live in one of the hotspots? No, I don't think you do. But I do think you have to be around inspiring creative professionals that are doing the types of things that you want to do, however you manage that. Yeah, like moving to a big city was really good for us and it's brought big changes. Mm -hmm. But um, obviously, you know, it's... a uh, Ohio say so it's not it's not one of the major hot spots by any means but it yeah but it was a big leap for us it was a big um a way bigger market and a lot more people doing the kinds of things that I'm doing and that's been amazing for us yeah yeah so you can kind of find your your say even or you know yeah and even on the you know in another way one of the things I've noticed is your geography and the the kind of you know the, the there's a science behind the fact that every place has its own rhythm like the speed of people walking in every city is actually different and i think one of the things that's really important is just finding a place where you feel positive and inspired and hopeful rather than there's plenty of places we've lived that on a regular basis you feel negative and cynical and that rubs off on your creativity and your mm -hmm. discipline and everything else all right yeah alex pagani i don't know <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> how do you see the future of illustration a hundred years from now I'm not going to answer that question, but... <laughs> well, then why did I ask no, it? but I, ha I wanted to go somewhere with it. I'm not going to say 100 years from now per se, but I did want to just throw in the good news for visual artists, I think, is that, you know, 10 years ago, everyone was saying that digital is going to kill print and that 
that's going to affect visual artists, uh, you know, editorial illustrators, all that stuff. And I think the good news is, as it's become noisier and noisier online, um, there's a arms race for attention, and that uh, the best illustrations they're having to pay for now. You know, they can't get them for free. And so I've found a, a really big influx over the past couple of years of work straight to the internet that's paid pretty good rates. And I think that, you know, I think that that's really good. And I think the other really good thing is that as corporations realize that they need to be less slick and more squishy, to use Frank Chimero's uh, words, um, that visual art and art in general makes uh, clients and corporations seem more human. And I think that that's just going to increase and get more and more so, so that um, I just think it's good news for illustrators. Uh, I think I've done a lot of work with brands, like branding projects recently, which is you know really great because that's the most uh, valuable creativity in the world right now. I think it's where the money is, um, and rightly so. And I think illustrators are getting a piece of that cake now, and that's awesome. And there's a growing appreciation for originals too, which is good. True, yeah. I do think as everything's being mass created, even in the fine artists or the people that make one-offs, those things are becoming more valuable and more uh, sought after even by regular folks. Mm-hmm. Hey, my name is Micah Smith. I'm a designer and illustrator in Kansas City. Uh, you can see my work at amicasmith.com. Uh, first off, big congrats to Andy on number 100. Uh, love creative pep talk man way to go uh the best advice i ever got uh was from don clark when i was an intern at Astrid studio uh one summer back in college uh his advice isn't what i was expecting uh what i was wanting was probably some kind of technical secret on how to make better work but what i got was uh, a million times better than that he uh he said move away from your hometown uh, from your friends your family uh, what I took from that was, you know, get away from your comfort zones. Figure out who you are and what you're capable of when it's just you by yourself. Find out what that looks like. If you've never been away from home, you don't know what that is. Um, when you get down to that basic level, fix what needs to be fixed, but keep that good stuff that makes you you. Um, I use that advice every day in big and small things. Uh, don't get comfortable. Don't do the easy concept. Don't do the same thing you're used to. And especially don't do what everybody else is doing. Do what you're capable of. And if it's not good enough yet, keep the good stuff. But fix what needs to be fixed and keep running with it. So thanks to Don for that advice. And thanks again to Andy for creative pep talk and continually wanting to not be comfortable with it and making it better. All right, thanks. Hey Andy, congrats on episode 100. My name is Ryan. I've been listening to the Creative Pep Talk for about a year now. And I'm sending you this message from Utah, just north of Salt Lake City in a town called Syracuse. Uh, Some of the things that have stuck out to me in the podcasts, as you've interviewed lots of different artists and things, is uh, just put in the hard work. It'll pay off. But be patient. Don't try to force things. And try to find your voice. That's such a cool concept to me. Just try to find your own personal style, your own voice, 
And really the secret to do that is just work, 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 keep working. And, um, and to be true to yourself and, uh, in doing so that's being true to your work. And uh, some of the things that I've tried to, to do to just kind of apply all this stuff, um, you know, when I don't have freelance projects that, uh, you know, I need to do, um, I just give myself like assignments that I, that I will just do just because, and, uh, I read a lot of books, a lot of biographies. And so I decided, um, you know, to, to share those with my family, my kids, and I thought, what better way than to like create a little book report, you know, that I could uh, share what I thought about the book. And of course, I have to have an illustration that, that goes with each of those. And it's just been a really great way to just stay hungry for, you know, knowledge, learning about other people and interesting things in their lives, but also just learning how to continually work to, uh, to polish that uh, illustration and, and really find that style that I'm looking for. Anyway, it's been a great uh, journey for me. Um, I plan to keep going and um, obviously hope uh, the best for you and uh, a ton more episodes to listen to. They're great. So thanks for what you're doing and all the encouragement that uh, you're sending out uh, across the world with your podcast. So thank you very much. And uh, that's it. Bye-bye. Andrew Thomas. What's your worst client you've had? Our best client. And are your client pet peeves? All right. So I'm not going to name my worst client, but I will say that a few few years ago, uh, I did some work with a client that is now pretty infamous among illustrators because I have friends that worked with them. And uh, I don't really know what the story of this company was. I think they grew really fast and really, I think they were doing work that was really in demand and new, uh, but they didn't have the infrastructure to deal with it. And uh, they were just asking for things all the time. They had no idea, uh, like the standard order of practices for illustration. That, and they were just, and, and honestly, the, the the CEO of the company just seemed like, a drug addict, to be honest, like a, a crazy well, person. They w- wanted to own your time around the clock. Like you had people emailing you all day and through the night. I would literally deliver something asking at midnight, for things. and they they would email me three hours later and want changes on it. And right then I would, then. and then if I did it, this was like five or six years ago when we were really struggling. So I just had to make it happen. But if I did the changes at like three a.m. Someone would email me at 6 a.m. <laughs> and it just got to ridiculous to the point where we were just having arguments uh, because I realized that, you know, I don't care if I lose them just for my own sanity. So I would just say exactly what I was thinking. You got and tough, though, because you I did like, get tough, yeah. stuck up for yourself and you were like, no. It, the funny thing is it was one of the best learning experiences that I ever had. Actually, like tons of my biggest lessons and in a lot of the type of work that I wanted to do today came from my experience with that client. Um, so it, yeah, it was kind of a weird double-edged sword. On the flip side, I'm not afraid to say that Nickelodeon's my favorite client. Uh, I love those guys and we've done a bunch of projects together and it's my favorite. What are your pet peeves? Um, my pet peeves, I think they're all probably the same ones. Like I, bad communication. Bad communication, when yeah. they When they don't they don't ask around if people want this before you have to make, before you've already oh, made yeah. it. Oh yeah, we we've done projects where <clears throat> I think yeah, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when um the wrong people in a company get a say at the wrong points. Uh you know, I've worked with 
I've worked with some of the biggest companies in the world. I know uh, people by name, CEOs, famous CEOs that will put in their two cents on a project after it's near to completion and then everything changes. And you just think, why is this guy in the room for this project? That just seems like he's got to be, he or she (laughs) has got to be having better things uh, that they can do with their time. We've had whole projects thrown out because the CEO got a glimpse of it, you know, before it went to print. Mm. Uh, That is just ridiculous. I can't, that just seems like terrible practice. Ben Morales. Hey, Ben. What's the secret to an inspirational bath? Ooh, my bath time. I'm still, I've had other, I've had a, I had a friend that is really pushing for that bath photo. Gross. <laughs> but uh, I actually, you can vouch that I do love baths. It's yeah, not a joke. you're a weirdo. Yeah. And they're like scalding hot. Yeah, I like them really hot. <laughs> and, uh, but I honestly think for me personally, as an ADHD person, I honestly think, people think that I'm making this up, but there's a thing to sensory deprivation where if you're ADHD, you're con- you're just like hyper aware and taking in tons of information all the time. And I think to be submerged in water just chills you out and helps me think clear. So like if I have a project or, you know, if I'm trying to write something or work on the podcast and my brain's just racing and I can't get anything out, I will just take a long bath and take notes on my phone. Um, just like a straight jacket. Just like a straight jacket. It is like it's like a nice, warm, bubbly straight jacket. And I use bubbles. <laughs> I like bath salt too. <laughs> All right. Hi, Andy. This is Jessica Rue. I'm an illustrator, and the best advice I ever received is take a walk. Let me explain. So when I was very first starting out, I got this amazing freelance job for a big newspaper and I was really excited about it. So I started trying to come up with concepts and sketches for my client, but I was totally stuck. I couldn't think of anything good. So I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm really worried about this job. I don't think I'm the right person for this assignment and I don't think I can do it. And she told me, put the pencil down, go outside and take a walk. I thought that was pretty terrible advice, but I did it anyway. And when I went outside, I could hear all the birds chirping, see the neighborhood feral cats, smell the fresh air, and my mind was clear. And when I got back to my desk, I had so many ideas of what I could do, and the project turned out great. By clearing my mind and focusing on the physical world around me, instead of indulging these anxiety-ridden thoughts, I was able to get to work faster and have better ideas. These self-care rituals for dealing with paralyzing creative block or not feeling good enough are really important. For me, going on a walk makes me focus on taking one step at a time, and it pushes aside the negative thoughts when you can appreciate the flowers blooming outside, how nice that bird looks, and how tall those trees are. So I hope that helps. Again, this was Jessica Rue. You can find me at jessica-rue.com. Um, it's spelled R-O-U-X and on Instagram and Twitter at Jessica S. Rue. Thanks so much, Andy, for all you do for us creatives and congrats on your hundredth episode.
What's up, fellow pep talkies? My name is Kyle Sheely. I just recently found this podcast through a friend's recommendation. So point number one is tell your friends about this. It will help them and they will love you. Uh, But I've made up for lost time by binge listening to back episodes like a madman. I can't even point to one specific thing that Andy has said on the podcast because every episode has moments that just hit me like a lightning bolt. Sometimes it's super practical stuff you can implement right now. Sometimes it's high level, 30,000 foot bird's eye view kind of stuff that you tuck away for when you hit the next level. But out of everything, I think the biggest impact the podcast has made is just in getting me even more excited than I already was about creativity. I've often said that the highest compliment I can pay to someone else's work is that it plants in me a desire to go out and do work of my own. And that's exactly what Creative Pep Talk has done for me. I leave every episode going, I've got to go make something now. Thank you, Andy. You are awesome. The podcast is awesome. Keep it up. Um. Jeremy Clays. When do you go to bed? Like, how do you fit in everything with your wife and kids? And when will your book come out? Well, how we fit everything um, in is that, like, you are just nursing while you're asking questions. And, you know, we, we just have to figure it out. But I would say, I, I think um, when people think about self-employed people with three children... I feel like we might have had to learn the hard way early on, like the first year or two. Like it was hard to figure out how this is all going to work. Now I think we were super pros at, um, I pretty much have regular work days. I don't even work weekends that much anymore. Mm -hmm. I do get up early and start work probably before normal people um, and finish around five. And we then probably stay up till, I I usually stay up till about 11. You usually stay up a little bit later. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what was the second When's part of that? When's your book going to come out? I don't know. I'm working on it. It's, I feel really good about it, but there's just tons of stuff to, to work out. It might be two years from now. Katie Chandler. What parts of creativity do you think make us most human? I honestly think that creativity, the number one thing about it is communication. It's ability to be a medium between people, like a bridge of the solitary kind of lonely experience of being a person where you have all your thoughts and feelings stuck inside your head, that art is this bridge that you can connect those things to somebody else. Kevin Ross, in your career, what has the biggest influence on your creative process? Working digitally. So moving to the Cintiq was probably the biggest thing. Hidden Orb, what's it like making work for clients versus your fellow artists like the podcast? Uh, I've become, incre- I think early on, although I still like doing client work, early on, um, I think that I loved the idea of a big company that my parents probably knew. Uh, reaching out and doing work with them was like a big deal to me. Uh, now it's, I'm, I still like doing those, but they need to be right. The, you know, the money needs to be right. The process needs to be right. I'm not just going to do work for anyone just because they're a big name. And actually the most creative fulfillment comes from doing work for myself, doing my own books, my own podcast art, and then also collaborating with friends that are starting projects and businesses. That stuff is just way more legitimately creatively fulfilling. Uh, and, um, yeah, so that kind of changed. Don't. At Let's Brock, 
what sacrifices do you think you've made to be in the position you're in today? What do you think? We've made all kinds of sacrifices. Well, we've kind of sacrificed being young and crazy. Yeah, that's true. For getting it together. We got it together right after college. Married with kids at 21. Yep. So... I think that was a sacrifice. I think also moving to the U.S. was a sacrifice in a lot of ways. Um, that was a big, you know, that was <laughs> that was one of the one of the biggest ones was that really my career we knew it was going to flourish a lot more in the states, mm-hmm. um, and that was a big that's that's an ongoing massive sacrifice for our family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that those are the main ones. Amber Roberts, how do you plan your work schedule? What have you learned about yourself from your 99 episodes? What would you have done differently? Will you continue past 100? I will continue past 100. Uh, You know, there's part of me that is tired, and that's why we're going to take a little break on episodes. Um, But I don't think I would do anything differently. I I think that... uh, I think the only thing I would have done differently is started earlier, is that I would have, uh, I, you know, creating a podcast, getting started for whatever reason just seemed like this giant endeavor. I'm glad that I did it in a scrappy way and just made it happen even before I felt ready by just recording them on my phone and figuring out the easiest way to getting them online and getting some momentum. But I wish I would have done that like four years ago when I wanted to start it originally. Other than that, I wouldn't really change anything. Helena Clarkson, how to face constant rejection, still believe you're okay at what you do? When do you give up? I think that this is a giant, giant question that uh, people are always trying to work out. You, you can go read The Dip by Seth Godin. That book is about when to give up. There's another book by Pat Flynn, which I haven't read, but I, it's called uh, Will It Fly, which is about knowing which projects to go all in and, and stay with. I think this is an incredibly difficult question. Now, I will say that probably more than most people, I think that, or most artists, I believe that outside feedback is really essential. That's a toy, That if you hear that in the background. Uh, I believe that outside feedback is extremely necessary and that you actually need to listen to it and that you need to see how people are responding as kind of like breadcrumbs sometimes. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't do seasons where you continue to work through rejection. Obviously, history says that uh, that, that there's a lot of, you know, people like J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter. She was rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected. And can you imagine her giving up? So... I think you have to balance that out with your own internal motivation. Like for me personally, when I was shopping around kids' books, I think there was a part of me that um, really, really questioned whether this is what I should be doing at this stage. And obviously, there's no real way to know whether I should give up or not. But when it comes to the books that I'm writing that are more like the podcast... I feel like I could hammer through hundreds of rejections and keep doing it. And ultimately, I will publish it myself, even if no one else would, because I have this internal 
confidence that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, this is what I'm good at, and I know that I've, I've seen that it it works and that people respond to it. And so I think you, you really have to figure out that right balance of, um, I, I do think that there are times when we're, we're, we have too much grit and we dedicate ourselves too hard to a cause um, for the wrong reasons and that everything's trying to tell us to stop and turn around and our own ego or hard head uh, won't listen. And I think it's important to listen to that. Hey, I'm Bob Ewing. I'm an art director and letterer from Indianapolis, Indiana. I think it's important to not take for granted what we have. Um, We're very fortunate to get to do what we we want to do or what we love for a living. Um, There's a lot of complaining going on about clients and deadlines and social media platforms changing and I'll be the first to admit that I've been a part of that in the past Um, but even on the worst day of doing what I love it far outweighs the best day I ever had doing any of the number of not so glorious jobs I've had in the past Um, and the fact is if you're not that happy um, doing what you do currently then you you need to find something that makes you happy Hey, this is Wesley Van Eden from Rizzoborg.com. I'm an illustrator based out of uh, Durban uh, in a country called South Africa. Um, yeah, the one thing that's really impacted me with the creative pep talk, well, there's actually a couple things. The one thing, just in general, it's really just kept me motivated. I've been working on my own since 2010. Um, it's yeah, there's not many illustrators uh, that are working on their own in my town. So it's quite isolating and it's quite hard to stay motivated when most of your other friends do. They just kind of, it seems like they're just kind of like idling through life in a way. So it's really awesome listening to the podcast and staying and feeling connected with the creative community around the world. And um, the just like listening to all the podcasts has really helped me to really think about like what kind of creative personal projects that I can do. Um, on my personal level um, to try and motiv- uh, promote my work. And so the one idea that I've come up with, it might not be the most original idea, but it's uh, I do this thing every once in a while called a, like a Free Art Fridays where I some of my prints I'll stick around in my city and then I'll put it on Instagram and then people can try and find it. And I've only done it, done it a couple times, but um, the first time I did it, uh, I did it near the beach um, and some of my friends actually went out and got it. Uh, and it was, it's uh, actually, it was such a good feeling because it, in a way it's almost giving back, um, giving stuff away for free and also kind of like bringing people together in a way. And, uh, it was actually such an awesome feeling. So, um, thanks so much, Andy, for, um, keeping us inspired and motivated. Um, Dr. Pizza, um, it's so nice and juicy, the, the pizzas that we get from you. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Kylie Turvo. Kaylee Turvo, actually. She's one of my past students. How do you balance a day design job with freelance? Good question. Uh, I don't know, because when I had a graphic design job, 
I could never work afterwards because it was doing this pseudo kind of creativity. Not that graphic design's not creative, but junior graphic designer isn't super creative. And it, I would just feel totally exhausted, didn't want to get back on the computer, didn't want to make anything after it. And it was one of the reasons why when we moved back, I didn't take a job with a newspaper uh, doing more graphic, pseudo graphic design, pseudo creativity. Um, it, you know, it was a low, low rung job again. And I took a job doing social work because that work was totally different energy. It inspired me to make things. I felt um, excited about my creative life on the, on the side of my job. And I felt um, like I was learning and growing as a human in my job, which fed into the artwork and made it better. And so for me personally, it was actually easier to get my creative work done if I had a job that wasn't technically creative at all. Nico Scenario. Who do you think of when you think of success? And what's your morning routine? Morning routine is really simple. I get coffee and often I either I either go on a long walk and then go to the coffee shop and make a list of everything I have to do or I make a coffee and get straight to work on the the thing that is most exciting me in the day so that I can just get started because I feel like the hardest part of work is just getting started and once you're started you can go for a long time um, now back to the other question who do I think of when I think of success probably the cop-out answer is my dad because I think that he's someone who has been extremely successful in business and has done so um, while not working super late nights, you know, we always ate dinner with my dad. He, if he, if he ever did do work on the weekends, he would take us to the office with him. Um, so he's someone who had a good balance, had a good balance and still was extremely successful in his kind of mission. And he wasn't handed anything. He was handed so nothing. He earned every single thing. He came from a- actual poverty and has worked his way up to um, massive places in his work without sacrificing um, much at all. And so for in success, I probably think of someone like that. Um, I think of, I also think of like musicians a lot of times. I, I think someone like Justin Vernon from Bon Iver seems like somebody who balances business and art extremely well. He seems to do a lot of things that that are just smart, yet makes some of the best music that's made today. Uh, and I think, yeah, someone like him is is someone I really look up to. As like he he has all these different practices of maintaining credibility and integrity as an artist while still doing lots of things, experimenting, doing pop things like working with Kanye West, which I don't know how many people would turn that down, but. Um, and still make these really beautiful esoteric albums that are heady and and uh, beautiful in a really artistic way. Um, but yeah, he, uh, one other one that I would say, I don't know why I always think of musicians, um, but Vampire Weekend is someone who I think, I, I think what I always think about as success is people that are able to balance life and business, um, money and art, and people like vampire weekend who make really critically acclaimed music that's really fantastic but are also successful uh in their career i really look up to people that can do that 
Hello, Creative Peppers or uh, Creative Pep Talkers, whatever we should be calling ourselves as fans and listeners of Andy J. Pizza's wonderful podcast. My name is Josh Lafayette. I'm an independent illustrator in Atlanta, and I've been doing a daily drawing since 2011. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about for just a second. So doing a daily project was a big deal for me. Um, getting started on it was a big deal for me. It was very hard. I tried a couple of times and only lasted two or three days. And my very close friend and mentor, Chris Piasek, who's been doing a consistent daily drawing project since 2007, he sort of led me through starting mine for real in 2011. Uh, one day I was complaining about myself, I guess, to him, saying that it was really hard to get started and I knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't really have time because I had a job and I didn't know when I should do it and like what I should draw. And he kindly said, just like stop talking about it and do it. Just draw something right now. You don't have to think about your entire life right now. Just think about right now. Draw something right now. And then tomorrow you can draw something again and just repeat that and you've done it. So I did it that day and I've been doing it ever since. Um, so thanks for that, Chris. But that's really shaped my career and my life, to be honest. It's helped me get the kind of clients that I want to get. It's helped me get clients at all. I didn't have any clients at the time. Um, so my advice to you, if there's something that you want to pursue, whether it be professionally or just as a passionate hobby or whatever, start today. Take 15 minutes or half an hour to do the thing that you want to do. And you don't have to be weighed down by the 50,000 days in the future that you're going to be doing this thing continuously. Just think about what's in front of you. Do the thing that you want to do, and then you can think about it tomorrow when it comes around. And you'll make it happen. I believe in you. And we can all do this together. And we're all humans. And I love you. And thanks for listening. Thank you, Andy. Oh, my website's joshlafayette.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr and all that stuff. It's just my name, at Josh Lafayette. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hi, Andy. My name is Zach Wynn. I'm from Sacramento, California. And this is about my three bajillionth attempt on recording my story for you. Uh, so we'll see how this one goes. Uh, so, um, I found your podcast uh, within the last year. And I was starting my own website at the time. So I googled awesome artist websites. And I believe it was creativeblock.com. They had an article about 10 artists that they felt fulfilled this, uh, this criteria. So your name happened to be on there, and I clicked the link, fell in love with your website, fell in love with your work, and I saw that you had this podcast. And when I read the description, it was like the stars aligned. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And I'm sure you've heard, heard stories uh, similar to this before, but I was in a job that wasn't fulfilling. Um, if anything, it was just draining, uh, you know, emotionally, uh, I mean, I hated it, for lack of a better term. I mean, so I started to binge listen to the podcast. And you had one episode specifically. It was Find Your Master's Sword. And I'm a huge geek, so I was elated. And, I mean, so I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go find my Master Sword. Here I go. And I was gung-ho ever since then. So, uh I'm happy to announce now that I'm recording this story in my own studio and I am pursuing my own creative career now. And while there's still that fear and that anxiety, I'm excited about it and it feels right. And the podcast has a lot to do with that. 
your your work has a lot to do with that because it's not just that it's an it's not that just that you pep us up and it's not just that I felt this motivation and this inspiration but you give advice so people can pursue a career a creative career in a smart way so I feel like I can design my career now intellectually and still be creatively fulfilled and that's it was just such a game changer because it was a way that I never thought of it before and it was what pushed me through that threshold to start this journey. Um, it's 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 amazing. I can't ima- I can't even express how much this podcast means to me. How much your work means to me. I'm sure there's tons of other people that feel the same way, and they need this, just like I needed it. And I need it every week. Uh, it's def- definitely that pep that keeps me going every day, and I love it. Uh, I'm excited to see where the show goes. I'm excited to see it grow and expand. And I you know, can't wait to see what else you have in store for us. Thank you so much. It's It's been a huge life changer. And I can't express, you know, no words can express how much this, uh, this means to me. So thank you so much, Andy. Tristan Grant. If you couldn't do the art style you do now, what would you want to do? I think I would explore collage more. Uh, I really, really love Eric Carle, and uh, I love the idea of making really, really messy things and then cutting them into like slick shapes, creating like really hard edges. Um, and I think that I would would explore more of that in that side of. Uh, analog work rather than digital Titus Smith we already answered that sorry Titus (laughs) (laughs) Paul J. Engel discuss your failures (laughs) (laughs) a fun topic for anyone Uh, I don't know I have tons of failures I think think God, you want to chime in? Now that it's time to talk about my failures, you're ready to jump in. I'm going to do that cliche thing where, like, <laughs> your failure is really a good thing. Oh, it's like the Michael Scott yes. that I care too much, yes. I work too hard. Yeah. I think you're, you're, seriously, I think your biggest thing is that you want to do too much. Absolutely. You want to do everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that. I think it's really common for creative people like you have so many ideas you want to do all of them and you end up kind of watering a lot of them down mm-hmm. I think that's something that frustrates me about you is you can't kind of focus Stick with something yeah and it's funny because I mean that's why so much of the podcast you know the whole idea of like scratching your own itch a lot of authors say that they write the book that they needed so for me personally the podcast and then everything that with the framework is all about finding a focus and how to stick with something and invest in something long enough for it actually to pay off is that's all stuff that I've had to teach myself because, uh, you know, again, as a good example, the Indie Rock Coloring Book, you are so hardcore about me doing more coloring books back in 2009. (laughs) And, And I was just like, I'm done with that. No more coloring books. And, uh, you know, you're a one and done, like you want to do one, one thing and then move on. Yes. And so the, the podcast has actually been a great experiment in sticking with something that's working yeah. and, and going well, deeper and deeper and deeper. Large accountability. Totally. 
Um, but yeah, I think jumping from one thing to to the next is definitely a big one for for me. Should we talk about mall failures? I can talk about <laughs> lots of failures. Uh, yeah, we. I've had plenty of them. Okay, final question: How are you gonna keep yourself excited about your mission for Create Pep Talk? I have two. Uh, I have a bunch of answers for this, but before I do, do you think I need any help staying excited? No. <laughs> That's why well, I can be the pep talker. Although I do obviously do need, have lots of dark do, days. Yeah. yeah. You do need to be pep talked. Yeah. But you don't need... Most days I'm too passionate, too... Yeah, you too need to calm down. Intense, yeah, about what I'm doing. Uh, but I think you need to take a break, too. I'm going to take a break, a little break, just a few weeks off of the show. Uh, I think the other side of this that I think people don't understand is that although podcasts are new and sexy in a lot of people's minds, um, I've been wanting to do a podcast since 2010. I, I've been listening obsessively to podcasts since like 2008 and beyond that it was probably around 2009 that I had the idea of kind of making a large part of my life helping creative people thrive uh, and it's actually deep-seated in my own experience you know you you've probably heard me talk about my mom and then I've had friends creative people that were marginalized and had really hard lives because they couldn't figure out how to thrive in the regular world. And so there's a part of it where I don't I don't need to worry about motivation because it's such a deep passion and it's it's at the core of who I am even from when I was a kid. And so there's part of me that I don't even there's no part of me that worries about keeping excited and staying on track with this particular endeavor because it is literally my mission in life. Yeah, and I just don't think you're going to run out of stuff to say. I've never run out of stuff to say. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely, I was the kid in class, multiple, multiple teachers used the punishment of, all right, Andy, for all day today, you get not no talking, literally the entire day. And what they didn't know is I was practicing for my purpose in life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for helping me. Okay, you're welcome. I love you. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) No. Hey, everybody. It's Rich Perez. And Jen DeRosa. And we're Skinny Ships, an illustration duo. And we're based in Portland, Oregon. And you can find us at skinnyships.com. Our bit of advice I would give to our younger selves would be to learn that it's okay to say no to stuff when you're coming up. That feeling in your gut that's telling you this is not going to work out is usually right, and it's better to keep your design spirit happy. Hello, Andy. Jeremy from Paris here. Uh, just wanted to say a big, big thank you for your podcast. Uh, it's been a big help for me. I remember when it came out, um, it was at the beginning of my career, as I've been doing that nearly three years now. And I remember at the beginning, it was like having a big brother that knew lots of stuff that I didn't, and I was giving them all away um, and was just like cheering me up every week. Uh, and I was always very, very much listening and 
writing down what I was learning and trying to put it in practice. And I think that your podcast really um, gave me a love for freelancing and helped me to be strategic about it um, and set clear objectives uh, for what I want to do. And it gave me more of a clear vision. And as time passed by, um, I've been able to do collaborations with other artists because uh, you were talking about collaborations in your podcast. You were talking about uh, doing personal illustration projects, which I did too. And it gained interest on social media because people think they're, they're fun. And um, yeah, nowadays I'm able to earn a living with it. Uh, I'm really loving my job. I'm able to help other people that want to... Uh, do the same, I mean, on my level, my small little level, but still it's cool to be able to pass the information by. And um, yeah, just want to say big, big thank you. Merci beaucoup for what you do. All right, that's it. We did it. Episode 100. This journey has truly truly honestly been one of the greatest creative endeavors that I've ever been a part of and honestly the reason is nothing to do with you know what it's brought me personally selfishly Um, it's all about the stories that you've sent me um, the messages the encouragements the um, hearing your guys's breakthroughs because this podcast creative pep talk is not about Andy J Pizza. It's about you guys. It's about you guys living your creative calling and thriving as regular members of society. And uh, nothing has made me happier than hearing those awesome stories uh, and how Creative Pep Talk has helped you do that. Don't forget, if you're stuck in a rut, you want to take your creative career to the next level, you want to find that next uh, thing in your creative path, go check out the MFBA at creativepeptalk.com slash MFBA. I also have a video on there explaining everything and more details. You can check it out there. Thanks to our syndicate, Illustration Age. You can find this show at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk uh thanks to all the music we have music from why we have music from metavari we have music from jro design go check out all that good stuff thank you guys for providing fantastic tunes to make the thing sound good guys on this hundredth episode i just want to say keep going I'm going to keep going. I am going to take a little break, a few weeks off of the podcast. You can catch up on all the episodes. In the meantime, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. Peace.